Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. I am really curious to chat with today's guest. I met Jen at a business conference last year and I was just so impressed with how enthusiastic she was for helping other women and that is something right up my alley as well. By day, Jen is a public servant working for the government and when she's not working in her day job, she has this really beautiful business that she is creating. She's an aspiring entrepreneur and she's on a journey to manufacture corporate wear for women that's both professional and fun. And I am just busting to find out all about that because clothes, fashion, style are right up my alley and helping women to be feel absolutely amazing. So Jen, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you very much, Catherine. I'm so excited to be here and very much looking forward to taking you on the journey that is Peak Women. Yeah, Peak Women. So we'll have the details of where you can find Jen in the show notes. What I like to do to start off the chats, Jen, is just find out from about my guests, sort of what stage of life they're at. So what are the things that are happening in life, the key things that are happening in life for you at the moment? So I have been in the public service for over a decade now. As part of that, I have lived all up and down the southeast, the east coast of Australia. So at the moment, I'm in, I'm in Canberra. So I moved from Cape York to Canberra about five years ago. So when I say east coast, I've done the, the tip of the Australia. The east coast for our international, to- yeah, our international listeners, Cape York. Where's that? It is the tip of Australia. So pretty much as far north you can get in the mainland of Australia. Yeah. Papua New Guinea was, was the closest kind yeah. of landmark with, with Cairns a little bit further away for anyone. What were you doing there? What took you to Cape York? So the, the public service work that I do were, I worked up there for the federal government, just managing kind of import export of bulk materials up there so it was it was a very interesting place for me to work obviously completely different to Canberra I always say that I have traveled all over the world but the biggest culture shock I ever had was was moving from the from North Queensland into into the capital of of Australia and it it's kind of this is where I've really worked on kind of how I like to present myself from a professional point of view because in Canberra obviously we're we're engaging with with governments, we're engaging with um industry, we're engaging with ministers and, and the like. So it's it's really kind of allowed me to shape who I am from a professional 
point of view and, and as a leader as well. Um, I love it because you are in a leadership role, aren't you, in your day job? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I work with a lot of quite high ranking senior public servants and, and engage across government at, at the quite high level. So it's quite interesting for me and, and helps me really shape, you know, what is a good leader and, and kind of the, what not to do lessons as a leader <laughs> in some instances as well. I do not. That's where I've learned. I do a lot of stuff in the leadership space. And I think I have learned more from shitty leaders of what not to do and the impact of what that is on the people. And I've actually got a client this afternoon, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about, is what are the qualities of a good leader? And for her to be able to come up with her own leadership kind of model, that authentic leadership as well. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into, tell me, let, let's go back a little bit. What was, where did you grow up? Where was your place? So I, I was born in Sydney and we, as a family, we moved up to Brisbane and then, and then back to Port Stephens. So I, I kind of went to a couple of different schools and then lived in, in Newcastle, went to do my undergraduate in at Newcastle University. And I, I kind of, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I didn't do very well in my HSC. I, that's the I, um that's the the higher school certificate. So that's a leaving certificate, yeah, before you enter into into university. Yeah, yeah, your last year of, of yeah. high school. I, I didn't do very well there. I was kind of just like a lost child. <laughs> um I went to a school for gifted and talented students and I used to say that I was kind of the dumbest of the smart kids because I just didn't really fit in anywhere. So I went through a, a little bit of, you know, depression. I was diagnosed mm. with those sorts of things and just didn't really know where I was going to fit in. And, and I, I did try and I did try for police force and I did try for, for military and all of those sorts of things. And I just, you know, because I'd had this thing in my record, I just never ticked enough boxes for them. So I had to find my own path and I ended up, I did an entry program into, into university once I'd finished high school. And when I did my undergraduate, I just picked courses that resonated with me. So I, yes. I've got some really random courses that I did, none of them related to fashion, but I did first year Latin. I did like history of witchcraft in medieval times. Oh. I did um, sexual sexuality and antiquity and all of these really fascinating subjects. Yeah. And that's all the stuff that I remember, like world religions and, you know, the, the history of Japanese culture and all of that sort of stuff. And that's the bit that I really remember, all the really, you know, important stuff that, you know, like environmental sociology. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't remember. That's interesting, like isn't that. it? The, and it's interesting people's pathways to university or to future study, education, living life, some people go for a very defined outcome. So to learn to be a, you know, something and others go to learn, to learn and things that they're interested in. And for me, no right or wrong. It's just a interesting journey. And this sounds like some really fascinating, oh my gosh, we could talk, uh, we could talk about those topics just on the top podcast, yeah. but we won't. There's some other things. So, so after uni, yeah, what, what happened then? So then I went off and I worked, I worked in a couple of different places. I worked for a construction company that, that works specifically in refractories. So kind of heat proof linings of everything that we, like when we build a furnace to process raw materials into, into metal, for example, that has to have a refractories lining in it that's specifically designed for for that particular process. So I went and worked for those guys for a little bit while I was doing my undergrad and while I was doing my honours thesis. And then I went off and I worked for a not-for-profit, Life Without Barriers, that actually they work with 
people with disabilities, so they're on day programs and group homes, but also foster children with high medical oh, needs. Awesome. Um, so we, we, I went and worked with those guys and then eventually ended up in the, in the public service that way. So, and then continuing to do another couple of years of university just because I still didn't quite know where I wanted to land. And so I've got, you know, a master's degree of international security studies and I've got a, a graduate diploma in policy and applied social research. So it's all a little bit all Oh, my gosh, it's so eclectic. And I love hearing people's kind of paths to where they are now. I just find that so interesting. And, and especially when you were saying that you weren't quite sure what you wanted to do, that's very, very common, very common for people and sort of feeling a little bit lost and just let's see where the the waves take us. And it's really interesting. I just love hearing that. And sometimes we don't, we're not even aware of the pieces, how they all fit together until we get to a point and going, ah, oh, yeah, I can see why that was part of my path, even though at the time it might seem a little bit random. Eclectic, yeah. I would say for you, very eclectic and very lots of interests there, lots of interests. Yeah. It, I always look at it and I, I've given this advice to, to school leavers and, and to graduates. Because, you know, especially starting out as new in, in the public service or in any career, it's how do you stand out from the crowd when, yeah. you know, when I started in the public service, we all got trained in the same things. So we were all putting the same things on our resumes to say, hey, I can do X, Y, Z. And yeah. you're not really standing out from that. So then having that additional, you know, qualification, I went and got a cert for in training and assessment and a cert for in WHS and those sorts of things as well so that I I just had that little bit extra so depending on which path I wanted to take I I kind of stood out and and was it was a little bit more competitive when it came to shortlisting and getting myself to interview so on paper I just had like one extra tick that people could go oh yep that that means that's what we're yeah and it's also about adding to your toolkit isn't it about Mm. all those elements that add to your toolkit of life, but also in the workplace as well. And just kind of taking yourself to that next level and and what value you can add as well. Love it. Love, love, love. What was growing up like for you? So you sort of said that you were in the gifted and talented program at school. So obviously you, you would have gifts to be in that program, have the program. What are some other sort of things that stand out from you about growing up? Anything key things from growing up that have sort of helped you in your where you're at today? I spent a lot of time kind of I, I never really stuck with one clique of friends yeah. at school. I always, you know, I went and hang out with usually a different group of people every day almost. And it just kind of, you know, I, I can adapt to situations and I'm I'm I love like just engaging with people and you know, people just assume that I'm an extrovert, but actually on the Myers-Briggs scale, I'm only like that little bit of an extrovert and also an introvert. So I do, I, I like, I get energized by talking to people at the time, but then I usually need to go home and kind of have a rest day after have a rest, have, a, yeah, have a wind down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so being able to talk to different people and adapt communication styles and being able to just kind of slot into to different situations, I find is, is, has been quite good, particularly, you know, as I've gone throughout my career and and engaging with with different cohorts of people mm. and at different levels, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't kind of get lost in in yeah. different crowds. Yeah, and probably when you said you moved schools a number of times as well, like that's something that can 
like that's a really great skill I think to have just to be able to be flexible adaptable you know and just work the room <laughs> like just be yeah. and sometimes it's stressful I find it stressful sometimes tell me about this gorgeous business that you are embarking on I want to know all about about that tell me tell me tell me so because I've got a particular way that I like to dress I have I have a lot of kind of thoughts on how we should dress from a professional perspective I'm a little bit of a conservative dresser when it comes to these things but from a professional perspective I have been in uniform roles throughout my throughout my career as well so some of that is definitely imparted but also Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that I've been kind of, you know, picked up on as a as a younger person when I first started working in Coles and all of that sort of stuff, you know, you can't wear a black bra under a white shirt, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I've just kind of really got this background of, you know, how we dress is is important. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I had a lot of people saying to me things like, oh, you always look so lovely and, you know, all of that. And I was like, I literally bought this dress at target like it's it's not that I'm going out and spending a lot of money because I don't have the budget to to spend a lot of money on clothes all the time and and so I I really you know had a lot of people coming to me going oh I couldn't dress that like that or I couldn't wear that or I, I don't have those those options so I really wanted to to think it's like when you go I really need a yellow top for this event that I want to go to and it's the one thing that you can't you don't find. <laughs> and it's six months later you'll find it and you're like yeah. oh my goodness so I went you know what maybe I should do this myself and I was working in a in a whole of government task force post part of the COVID recovery where we were engaging with you know, entrepreneurs and trying to really build up economic stability in Australia again and, and bring new industries into the country. And look, I thought I could do this. I could start one of these businesses and, you know, I, I could give this a crack. And so it just kind of started to evolve yeah. Yeah. into, into something. And so basically I'm going to give you the, the official pitch now that I've yeah, been perfect. on. Perfect. And um, for your listeners, like I would love you guys to give me some feedback on how this pitch goes. <laughs> So Peak Women is a social impact brand that is by women for women supporting women. We have partnered with a manufacturer in Vietnam that employs women in need to create professional clothing with a side of fun. Research says when you wear a blazer in the workplace, you are more likely to make decisions and speak up in meetings. So our designs have positive affirmations hidden throughout to empower while also being comfortable, practical and full of pockets. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Jen, I love, love, love that. So many elements to that there. So the first part was about a social impact. So Peak Women is the, is the name of your business. Yep. And it's a social impact business for women, by women, supporting women. I'm not sure if I've got that in the right order. By women, for women, supporting women. Yep. Yeah. So it's, I, I really, one of the things that, I wanted to make sure that I was doing was obviously ethical manufacturing because Absolutely. there's yeah. no point in me trying to create a business that's building up women on this side, but then is actually taking advantage of women yeah. in a different situation on this side. So it really was important to me to find a manufacturer. And I was lucky that I found these manufacturers quite early on because it's not something that's very 
it's not something that's very important to a lot of the manufacturers. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think brands are pushing that. They're pushing all of the, the sustainable fabrics, and there's a lot of greenwashing that happens in the in the design industry. And I could talk to you all day about why, you know, sustainable fabrics aren't necessarily that sustainable because I've, I've tried to find one that at a – particularly one at a good price, but all of them have a little bit of negative impact in them. But I really wanted to focus on that social impact instead yeah. because, you know, to me – it's about all women and you know the the by women part is about the the manufacturer but also me making sure that I'm partnering with other female businesses female owned businesses because again you know building up other people and other women in their own industry is is also really important so that's where that aspect comes from and then the the for women is obviously that it's a it's specifically a brand for women to help them feel more empowered in the workplace and to help them with their mindset and understand psychology of, of how we dress. And then the there is an opportunity, obviously, to to change that a little bit down the track and, and have a look at more gender neutral and, and yeah. members yeah. of our LGBTIQ community yeah. and those sorts of things. And then the supporting women part is is still some of that messaging and understanding psychology, but also the intention is is that once I launch there's going to be profits that will be donated back into other not-for-profits that are supporting women to get back on their feet. So it's going to be an end-to-end whole kind of, yep, sisters doing it for themselves type movement. Oh, my gosh, I love that so much. And I think that's obviously why we're in alignment as well, that that for me a big part of what I do is helping um, women supporting women. It is about, you know, I love the blokes, absolutely love the blokes, but I'm very much drawn to supporting, collaborating, championing other women. And it just brings this beautiful, just that whole vibe about things. And I think just the the meaning behind what you're doing is just so beautiful. And it's about that serving other people. Sure, you could make a, you know, a kick-ass business out of it and and you can do both but sometimes when people are led with I'm going to make a kick-ass business just brings a different energy around it so I think that's absolutely beautiful so you've got the social impact part of it tell me about so when the, the research is that when women wear blazers in the workplace that they are more likely to speak up in meetings and what else is that that you mentioned? Make decisions. Make decisions. So tell me about that. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of us go through imposter syndrome, self-doubt, all mm-hmm. of these things. Yeah. And, you know, particularly in a, in a big meeting room or if we've got a, you know, a presentation that we need to do or even an interview, like women are less likely to apply for jobs that they're more qualified for than, than, than men. Men will look at a job and go, oh, I can do 80% of, of this. Oh, women, sorry, will look at it and go, I can only do 80%. Maybe I should apply. Men will go, I can do 10%. I'll, I'll like shift this in and, and they'll get the job because we'll feel like we can't even apply for it. So, you know, it's about understanding that, you know, you do belong to be here and, you know, you do deserve that pay rise. You do deserve that promotion and how we actually change our mindsets to do that. I liken how you get dressed of a morning to listening to your favourite song on the way to work when you know you're going to have a bad day. So, you know, if you've got to put Taylor Swift on and just shake it off because haters going to hate, you know, you also need to think about how am I dressing because if I feel important and empowered and like I can do the job on the inside, I'm going to present that to the world and then 
the world is going to perceive me in a certain way. So it's all about making sure that we're doing that in a way that is important for us, but still hits those professional marks that are going to, you know, break through that unconscious bias, the conscious bias that people just aren't saying out loud and all of those things. Because while it would be nice for people not to judge us on how we dress, it's a fact that that is still happening. So let's take advantage of that and let's put ourselves at the top of that, you know, the the most competitive category because we we walk in looking professional, feeling professional, and we just end up smashing the presentation or the interview or whatever it is that we've got for that day. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. What do you, and you kind of answered it anyway, about what would you say to people who say we shouldn't judge people based on what they wear? Like what's your, you, you kind of answered that, but what, because there will be people that will say, well, yeah, we shouldn't be judging. We, we should accept the person for who they are and not, you know, not judge them on their appearance or age um, or anything it's all in context and it's about people, you know, if you're applying for a small business, a job in a small business, if you're employing for a job with the government, if you're working for a big corporate like PwC, EY, sorry, you know, some of the, the big legal firms yeah. in Australia and, and more globally, they want to know that you are going to represent yeah. their organisation yeah. professionally in a way that is going to make the clients or, or their stakeholders feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you were if you were a customer that was going to a cafe or going to the dentist even, and the person that's touching your food or putting their hands in your mouth are in dirty clothes, they've got greasy hair, like they haven't brushed their own teeth and they're at the dentist, you're going to form a certain feeling about that individual and you're going to not want them to do anything unhygienic. Whether they're unhygienic or not, you're going to get this image of them in your mind. So it's the same way when it comes to professional dressing in 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 the corporate world. You know, you need to represent the organization in a way that's going to make the clients and the stakeholders feel like you are putting your best foot forward on their behalf as well as the leaders in your organization that are that are supporting you to do that so you know let's stand out for the right reasons and and take advantage of that bias by you know what yes it would be nice if it didn't happen (laughs) but it happens so how do you put yourself in the best position to take advantage of that situation yeah, I love it. People do judge. People say, oh, no, I don't judge people on appearance. It's happening at a very subconscious level quite often and sometimes more often than not at a conscious level. But people will sum up other people often within the first 10 seconds. Yeah, you know? and usually they don't even know why. They'll just say, exactly. it's just a vibe. I just don't it's like just that. just a vibe. I just, yes. And they're making a whole lot of judge. Like I was at the um picking up parcel at the post office yesterday and there was one person on the counter there was probably 20 people in the line and there was four people in the background obvious to all of us um, who were just chatting and going very very slow and we're all just waiting there there was a I'm not sure if you've been to the Mitchell post office but there was a pile up of cars and people were getting really irate and I was making these judgments going oh my god this is so inefficient like Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there and just making this story in my mind. I've got no idea exactly why those people were being very slow and inefficient, <laughs> but, but I was judging. I was judging. And it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about what they were wearing, but it was about what they were doing in the whole system. So we do 
people do make judgments, whether you admit it or not. And I really loved what you said there about, you know, let's use it to our advantage. Use that to our advantage. Cool. So that that's love, love, love it. Hey, gorgeous Happiness Hype listeners. Just a quick little interruption to this awesome podcast. Do you want more from life? Are you looking for inspiration and motivation to take yourself and your life to the next level? Do you want to shift your current energy and attitude towards life and create a positive mindset that is aligned with building and living the life of your dreams? Come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. This is my premier membership club and it's your one-stop shop and central hub for everything you'll need to catapult you into a life beyond your wildest dreams. It's a unique and powerful platform where you not only get to focus on your own personal growth and transformation, but you also get to be part of a community of high vibe and inspirational women from all around the world who are working towards the same goal of creating a life filled with joy, success and unlimited abundance. I've personally created a whole range of resources to fast track your results to becoming fabulous in everything you do. If this sounds like something that you want to be part of, come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. Hit the link in the show notes and let the fun begin. Okay, now back to the podcast. Tell me about the affirmations in your clothes. I love that idea. So because of this research that says if you put this jacket on, you're yeah. going to, you know, automatically empower yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. I have included in the design messaging within the lining in particular of the jacket that, you know, has a positive message just for you. Nobody yeah. else is going to see it yeah. because it's on the inside. Yeah. And so when you put that jacket on, it's going to give you that little bit extra thicker yeah. armour to be yeah. able to go out and face your day. And so it's just you might not even read it every time, but it's just that subliminal messaging subliminal. that they're putting yeah. it back into your mind and helping you to just get ready to whatever the shit fight is that you're going into, <laughs> like you, you, you're ready to, to take it on. It's I mean, almost I, like I, your, it is like your super cape, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know what it is about? I use clothes very much. Like I love clothes. I, I absolutely love clothes. I use it to enhance my mood, to also help get out of certain moods. And I do, I'm very conscious about the way I dress for the people that I'm meeting. And I don't do it in a manipulative way, but I match, like I'm coaching this afternoon. I've just got shirt and jeans on today. I'm coaching their senior executives, but we actually meet in a fairly relaxed environment. This is the you know, we're, we're midway through our coaching program. I know them and it's about a relax. If I was to go in, in all honesty today, in a blazer and a, and a suit, it's too formal for what I'm wanting. I'm wanting my clients to be relaxed. So I'm very conscious about how I dress and it's also the mood for where I'm at today as well. But I'm in a different environment. I'm not in the the office environment all the time. So it's, uh, I use clothes in part of my, I was going to say messaging for other people. It's about helping to build, you know, rapport. That's part of my, that's not the only thing I do, but it's part of it. I'm very conscious about where am I going to be today? What am I going to be doing? What mood am I in? What do I want to be bringing? What do I want to be covering up? And all sorts of things like that. So the affirmations sound, what are some of the affirmations do you, have you got those at, off the top? So of I'm, I'm thinking of flipping them at the moment because at the moment it's very much a second person tone and I'm, I'm about to turn them, I think, to, so that it's more about you. And at the moment, the, the lining of the samples that I have say being you is your superpower. 
and I just want to flip that a little bit to yeah. being picky is my superpower. Yeah. So it is that affirmation that you put yeah. into your, into yeah. your head. But it's just, it's just those little bits and pieces that, you know, just to remind you that it's okay. You know, you are amazing. You're going to smash this day. And, and I've got a whole heap that I've kind of played with and, and written down. And occasionally I, I change when I'm, you know, my manufacturers must be going crazy. Cause I'm like, no, let's change that again. <laughs> and that's it. I'm going to talk to you about the, the manufacturing process in a minute. And what I would think by the affirmations and the, that that can be part of the empowerment of the garments. But I would also be predicting that it's the energy that's going into them. So when you've talked about the who's manufacturing and the whole social impact, that energy going into the garments is part of that as well at that very kind of subliminal energetic level. I think that's beautiful. Very much so. And and I think that that, purchasing it and 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 wearing it is going to be you're going to feel like you're part of that bigger exactly um, that, that bigger pro that process of by women for women supporting women because you know that by wearing it you're supporting the exactly. the women need in vietnam by wearing it you know that by buying it you know that you're um you know some of that money is going to go into the not-for-profit so yeah. it's, you're part of the cycle and you're you're part of that community now that's i, I just think that's amazing love it so much what stage of the, so this is very early talking about samples. So you're at sample stage, aren't you? You've got some samples for this. Yes. So I've received my first sample just at the beginning of the new year and I've been trialing it. If anyone wants to have a look at any of my reels and stuff on, on Instagram, it's, yeah. it's me trying to, you know, work out reels at the same time as, uh, take videos of myself and pictures of myself wearing these and road testing all of the, the clothes. But the, the manufacturing is, it's it's very much a backwards and forwards process. It's all through email. They've designed for me, you know, the technical specifications and all of that sort of stuff. I'm finding all of the 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 prints and or creating the prints through my graphic designer myself, and then trying to match up some colours. There, there's as with any business and trying to start any business, there are hiccups along yes. the way. And <laughs> I, I go through this I go through this point of you know I'm like yes. It's like a roller coaster. I'm like, yes, I'm, I've made a decision. I'm going to do this thing. And you go, dum, 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 dum. and then you hit a point and they're like, uh, that's no longer available or that won't work. And you go, Whoa, what am I going to do now? I'm going to, and so you just kind of sit there for two days going, I don't know what to do next. And until you kind of go, right, I've made a decision and I'm off again. And, and you're back on the, on the upswing. And it's, it's this real emotional draining journey that you really is just constantly the, the ups and downs. And when I met you, actually, Catherine, I, I was just pulling myself out of a rut. I started first talking to the manufacturer like 12 months ago and I got to a point where they said, okay, well, we need to know what you want on your labels. We need to know this. We need to know this. And I went, I don't, I don't know how to answer any of these questions. I don't know what I'm, I realized I actually don't know what I'm doing. So I paused and I went off and I, I got some mentoring and, and, and everything from fashion experts. And yeah, all perfect. This stuff. But I, I actually engaged with one mentor and she, was I don't think she 100% understood. I hadn't really worked out the brand by that point, and she didn't understand what I was trying to achieve. And was like, "Well, maybe you actually need to go black, and you need to do grey, and and all of these things." And and I thought that's that's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to do. Why would I manufacture a black suit when everyone you can go and get when everyone every is, yeah. female store available? 
So I went through this real low period where I just couldn't do anything besides post on social media, random quotes and all of that sort of stuff for the three or four months where I just didn't know what to do. And I finally went to, to the business conference where we met and, and I realized these are my people. This is my tribe. And I'd been doing this all virtually and on my own. And when I finally sat down and spoke to people about my plan and, and like-minded women, I went, this, this is what I need in my life just to, to help me get back on track. And so that, that gave me the kick in the pants that I really needed to to launch back into this and so it the the one positive that that time gave me was that I spent a lot of time thinking about well what what do I want to do what is the meaning of the brand and now that I I know that I was able to eventually go back to that manufacturer because you know people were suggesting manufacturers in China they were suggesting you know a, a range of different options that that just didn't fit with the the social impact that I was really trying to have so I'm really grateful for as much as it was a difficult time and I'm kind of, you know, six months behind where I'd like to be from a business startup perspective. It, it really allowed me to, to nut out those, those details that I needed to be able to make some really clear decisions going forward. Oh gosh, that is just such a, I think that's a gift for you that you, and we don't often see that as, them as gifts at the time when we're frustrated and it's really about getting that clarity that it's about what is your why and what is your clarity. And, and sure, we can help get other people to help us get that clarity because sometimes it's really hard to get it in your own mindset and thinking. Like you become so insular, sometimes you need somebody to help draw that out. But one thing I find when I've had my own coaches, the ones who get me and what I'm about have been effective. The ones that tell me that I should do things a certain way and I should do this, I should do that, I should use this word and not that word. It's just like, excuse me, fuck off, sorry, (laughs) because they don't get me. So they're giving advice based on their view of the world. And what I'm kind of hearing you say is that by just being asked those questions about what to put on your labels and everything and not really knowing coming back to what's your why and what is the business about and now you get that direction to move forward and you'll get to another point you know that yeah. you'll go oh man I'm not and clear about this next point but if you've got your foundation of, of what the business is about then it will just flow so much easier yeah you. and the one thing that I've I've realized both from my own experience but also people that I I do a bit of mentoring for in my in my day job. You know, I've had people come to me and go, I really want to apply for this job, but my boss told me that I'm not ready or or people have told me it's a bad idea. And while everyone's always coming usually from a place of good when they give you advice, one and only piece of advice you ever really need to listen to is take the bits of advice that resonate with you and then Fuck the rest off. Yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't need that. Like if it's not going to work and it doesn't kind of align with you, then yeah. there's no need to, to listen to any of that. Just take on the bits that only matter and then do what, do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Listen, reflect and use the bits that are good for you because you are right. Most people do come from a place of intention, but I, I get frustrated when people don't they're just very free to offer advice when they're not really in tune with where the person they're offering advice to is that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you're doing this on your own. I mean, not on your own, but it's your business, isn't it? On top of a day job. Yeah. Yes. So I am basically side hustling for now. And I've managed to move to a compressed week. So I'm still doing my 38 hour full time week, but I do it over four days. So I work eight to six over four days. And then I I have one day a week off the moment. That's usually a Wednesday. So that makes it a little bit easier for me to to really focus rather than kind of pick out an hour yeah, here that's and there. Great. Yeah. It also gives me an opportunity to, to leave the weekends mainly for, for non-work yeah. related stuff. I can, I can go and socialize. I can walk the dog. I can, you know, go play golf if I want to rather than kind of just be constantly on all yes. of the time and, and yeah. burning myself out along the way. Yeah. That's such an important message for me, but for lots of women as well. Feeling that we, uh, you know, whether we're working a full-time job, not working, family, you know, just trying to make sure everything's perfect and quite often we just, we're the ones that are neglected by that. So it sounds like you've got some really healthy practices and boundaries in place. So what's in the range? What what garments are in the range? They're all going to be in the range. At the moment it is just a jacket and and pants. Yeah. And that is a dark print. And then there is going to be three jackets, three pairs of pants. Um, and so there'll be two matching colors with the print. So it's kind of a, it's, it, it, it all matches from a, from a color perspective. And, you know, people look at it and they go, Oh, I couldn't wear the full suit yeah. in, in the print, but I really like the jacket or I'd wear the pants. Yeah. And so that way, if you want to mix and match and wear, you know, at the moment, the, the print that I'm working on is a kind of, pink and, and green, dark green floral pattern with, with a black background. So I've got like a lighter pink um, version and then a, a yeah, like nice, tealy nice. color version as well. Yeah. So if you want to get like the pants in all the colors and then just the jacket, yeah. like all the pants in the two solid colors and then the jacket that matches, you, you can so that you're not, it, it suits, it's what suits you. Like I'll, I'll wear, I'll wear both and at the same time and I wear them separately as well. But it, it's kind of what, what's going to, what's yeah. going to work for you and what, what's going to give you that little bit of extra oomph without you going, Oh my God, I'm wearing this giant suit that everyone's just like, it stands out to absolutely. Oh my everything. God. I would so wear the full suit. I would so yeah. wear the full suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when are you likely to be launching? I know that's still a little way away. Well, at our conference, Catherine, I wrote myself a six-month letter to my future self that said, congratulations on your launch, but that's like only two months away, so I'm not quite ready yet. So I'm I, I'm thinking that it will be middle of the year for, for the first launch of, nice. of the range. And I'm also, in the back of my mind, I'm now thinking – how do I, how do I add in a, an extra piece or two so that then I can then expand the range a little bit? So adding in a dress that you can put the jacket over yeah, the dress or, or something like that. And just working through that at the moment, because, you know, when you, when you do, when you're doing a product based business, it's, it's so much more expensive to, to start by yourself. Um, and when you're bootstrapping it. And so it's, you know, you've got minimum order quantities yeah. and you go, I really want this you know, amazing sustainable fabric, but they're like, well, that's going to be double, or I really want this amazing colour. Well, that's going to be triple because we yeah. have to self-dye that. So, you know, having to make all of these decisions to be able to go, okay, how can I launch it in the in the most cost-efficient way that's still going to be a product that people are going to want to buy is is really important. So that's why I've, I've cut my range. I had a whole heap yeah. of things 
cut it yeah. right back down to to just the two items of of jacket and pants, and then that way I can just add one piece. Then you can build on it. Yeah. a new a new color range. Yeah, and you know what? That sounds really sensible as well. And you'll have a range of sizes. I could imagine, Jen, that the stock of it, like you'll have sizes, different sizes. So do you have to order minimum quantity for each size? Not each size. So it's minimum order quantity per colour per style. So for a jacket in this colour, I need to order a a minimum of, of 50. So, and then I have to order, even though I'm using the exact same fabric for the pants, I then have to order a minimum of, of 50 for those yeah, pants sure. as well. If I want to pick my own colours and get them to dye it for me, then that's 120 minimum yeah. order quantity just because yeah. that's how much it will take to dye the whole roll. Wow. They need to use that whole roll. So it's, and, and then, so at the moment I'll end up with 300 pieces in my tiny little office here. <laughs> and I was like, if I start doing 100, that's like getting up to 800. Pa- yeah, I, I, I can't do 800 pieces off the bat. So I had, that's one of those things where I had to stop because I wanted to do like a really um, emeraldy green color and I wanted to do a, I wanted to do a, an indigo color, which is the same color as, as my, my brand's color. And um, I picked that specifically because of the empowerment yeah. connotations that that colour has. So I I was really struggling with, oh, that's what I really was set to do because that would also be a great way to, you know, me to wear the, the indigo suit that represents peak women as a brand. But I've yeah. had to cut that pivot on that and yeah. go to a couple of colours. It's interesting, isn't it? What have you learned about yourself in this process? It's that I really am stubborn. because the amount of times where I could have just gone in, a lot of people would have probably just gone, oh, this is all too hard. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. But I'm like, I've put it out there to the universe. I've told people I'm on social media. I'm doing all of these things. I now, you know, I, if I fail, I want it to be because, you know, it, not because I gave up. And so, you know, I I probably already knew I was a little bit stubborn, but yeah. Could I flip that? Could I flip that? I would say that you're driven. Oh. Yeah. Capricorn. I'm, I'm very driven. (laughs) Very driven. The other thing that I've learned is I've realized that I was probably always leading here. My, like when, when I tell the story about people always say, Oh, are you a sewer or, or is this, are you in, do you work in the fashion industry? And I'm like, well, no, I, I don't, but you know, I, my mum, my mum is, and you know, she went to TAFE and she did tailoring, she did pattern making, she did milling, she did all of these things. She worked for, for um, David Lawrence and Table Out 8 and all of those brands when she was younger and then ran her own business creating dance costumes and school uniforms and wedding dresses and all of those sorts of things. And I, I did work for her in her business when I was in, in university. But I remember deciding when I was about 12, you know what, I'm going to create a market stall at the local school fate and sell fluffy cushions in like star shapes and heart shapes and all of these pretty colours and stuff. And then I decided at about 16, I thought I'm going to manufacture lingerie when I grow up. So I went and did my work experience week in a shed in Wollongong where they were manufacturing local lingerie. And I, and I worked there for a week. And then in, in my, in my last couple of years at school, I actually went and did one of the, the more creative courses and I did textiles and design and we had to do like a, an end piece. So. When I like start thinking, oh yeah, I also did that, and I'm like, it kind of makes sense. There are some little there are pieces where I've ended up, and yeah, 
yeah, I, I always think of myself like I can't draw any of my designs. My mum does all that for me. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't think of myself as a very creative person, but I have the logic behind it. And, and I think through the psychology of it and the practicality of it. And so, you know, the designs are, are very specific when I go, okay, I want to make sure that they're, they're comfortable. Nobody I know owns an iron these days, so I need it to be iron-free and wrinkle-resistant. You know, why can't women have inside pockets in their jackets like men get to have? And, you know, just thinking through things like, like in in the pants at the moment, there's a like a little tiny inch or two of elastic on either side, just behind the hip, so that you can eat lunch and and it and it moves with you, and you don't have to go. Oh, I'm having a fat day or a bloated day. I, I can't wear these pants. So it, it's about thinking through the practicalities of how we dress and and trying to incorporate some some feminine logic. Yeah, uh, love it. Oh actually, the way we design clothes. I love that, that you can sort of see the pieces from younger, how they feed into now. But like you said, the logic, the psychology, you don't have to be the seamstress. You don't have to be the pattern maker. It's about outsourcing the parts of your business and collaborating with people that that's their zone of genius and you use yours. And then it's about bringing that all together for the end product, which sounds just divine. Just before we sign off, what are some things that fill your cup? I think probably this is one of the things that fills your cup. What else do you do? What do you do for fun? So I, the things that I get really passionate about, obviously besides empowering women and, and helping women to to understand that, you know, they are amazing and they can do hard things, is um, I one of the things that I always really enjoy talking about is also leadership, as we as we talked yeah. about earlier, and I get very passionate uh, about that. And I'm very lucky to be working with an exceptional leader at the moment who him and I are just on the same on the same wavelength when it comes to the importance of leadership and also, you know, the the different contexts of of leadership and we, we're quite often making similar decisions based on that. So I, I'm really enjoying that space. And, you know, I I do try and, and do some less, you know, ambitious things, yes. less, less less driven things. You know, at at the moment my my partner and I are, are spending a lot of time kind of planning our, our next steps in our life and and what that's going to look like. So you know I've got my baby that is the that is the um the business and then hopefully we'll be you know working on expanding our family and stuff as well. So a lot of really fun planning things and everything at the moment. And then yeah, just engaging with family and and friends and and like minded people and how yes. we can yeah work towards a, a goal. That's beautiful. The like-mindedness is a a really important element for me because I get a lot of energy around, like around people, but the like-mindedness and that community and it just tends to, I get very inspired by others. Yeah, I love that. Oh, Jen, this has been just beautiful. Remind us where people can find you, please. So on Instagram is probably the best place. So that's at peak women, P-E-A-K women. And, you know, similar, that's, that's got a link tree link on it that will take yeah. you to everything else. If you, if you want it, I am in the process of, of building my website at the moment. It's not launched yet, but I'm in the process of building my website just so that I can start blogging on some of these things yeah, and, and sharing that messaging. So yeah, reach out if, if you want to know more or if, you know, 
as I said, you've got suggestions on my on my three sentence pitch. It's possibly <laughs> a little bit too long still, but That's yeah. Good. And I'm just sharing at the moment. I'm sharing the journey. I'm getting everybody to provide feedback on the samples and and what they look like and if they'd wear it and suggestions and stuff. So really keen to to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and if any um if there are any women out there that would like to get not just to to look at the samples, but even to get involved, I would encourage them to reach out. And Definitely, I'll be I'll be looking for some for some models and some some testers. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Beautiful, love it, love it. Thank you so much for inviting me, Catherine. Really yeah. appreciate it, and have an happy amazing day. rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, you too. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.